0: You see, the whole damn business started with the USS Cole. The Cole is a serious U.S. Navy warship, mind you. Think billion-dollar baby. She's a 505-foot-long, Arleigh Burke-class guided missile destroyer. She carries a vast array of advanced radar equipment, not to mention her torpedoes, machine guns, tomahawk missiles, and, well, you get the picture Bad mamma jamma, big, badass damn boat. Kept afloat by a crew of young Navy seamen. And you won't find a nice gang of fine young men and women as you will in the U.S. Navy. Yes, sir, no ma'am, kids, all of them. Manners, you remember those? Good haircuts, pants, actually held up with belts. Yeah, I didn't think so. Long about August 2000, Remember, this is about a year before the attack on the Twin Towers. USS Cole sailed from NAS Norfolk to join the U.S. 5th Fleet in the Arabian Gulf. A few months later, she called at the seaport of Auden, situated by the eastern approach to the Red Sea. A city, weird as it might seem, built in the crater of a dormant volcano. What were they thinking? Anyway, the day it all went down, the big wake-up call, I like to call it. The call was under a security posture known as Threat Con Bravo. We're talking the third of five alert levels used by the US Navy to label impending terrorist threats. Sunny day, hot as Hades, most of the crew was busy with daily shipboard routine. But a bunch of guys had their shirts off, sunning on the foredeck, playing cards, shooting the breeze, or more accurately, the ship, as they say in the Navy. And one of the guys, out of the corner of his eye, notices a small fiberglass fishing boat making its way through the busy harbor. Kind of boat local fishermen use to ply their trade around the harbor. Nothing fancy and certainly nothing scary. The boat seemed to be headed right for the ship's port side, or so thought Seaman Foster Riggs, anyway. Now, on a normal day, you understand, most of the harbor's waterborne inhabitants sensibly gave the coal a wide berth, which is why seaman Riggs got up and went to the port rail to have a closer look at the approaching vessel. Something odd about it, he was thinking. It was going pretty fast for conditions, number one. Two locals stood side by side at the helm station. Young guys, bearded, t-shirts and faded shorts, had the throttled crank, the boat up on plane. Out for a cruise, a couple of amigos just having a good time was what it looked like. Nothing looked all that out of the ordinary to Riggs, even as the fishing boat drew ever nearer to the coal. Big smiles on the local yokel's faces as they pulled along the destroyer's port side. As the boat settled, they were raising their hands up in the air, waving hello at the friendly young sailor staring down at them friendly as themselves, Riggs was thinking. But then they did something funny, something that should have sounded crazy loud alarm bells banging big time inside that young seaman's head. The two men looked up at the skinny sailor on the foredeck, snapped to attention, and then saluted smartly. Riggs noticed something really strange then. The smiles were gone from their faces. A second later, those two boys were vaporized. They had just exploded a whole boatload of C4 plastic explosive. At the moment of the explosion, the little skiff was about five feet from the warship's hull. And that much C4 at close range? Hell, that is the equivalent of 700 pounds of TNT blowing up in your face. The blast shattered windows and shook buildings all along the waterfront. It also opened up a 40-foot-by-40-foot gash in the destroyer's reinforced steel hull and turned the inside of that ship into an abattoir. 17 of our young warriors were killed instantly or mortally wounded. 39 more were seriously injured. It was bad. It was real bad, brother. The coal incident. That was the single worst attack on an American target since the 1998 bombings of the US embassies in Kenya, Nairobi, and Dar es Salaam, Tanzania. That attack was bad enough, but then it got worse.